Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Outreach and Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And my name is Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister here. And we are without Jackie uh, again this week. Uh, She will be back next week. She's traveling, um, but she'll be back with us next week. Um, but until then, we say hi to Jackie because she always listens to the podcast. No hi, Jackie. What. <laughs> um, so this week, we're going to try something new. Uh, we've been doing the George Pan Venn diagram, which has been you know wildly popular on Twitter and BuzzFeed and uh, Reddit. And, and the New York Times. And the New York Times had a feature also. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, we want to hear from you, the listeners of the podcast. And we want to know what is happening with your Faith to Go conversations uh, every week. We want to know what's happening with you in terms of questions and comments about the podcast, things we say in the podcast, about the gospel readings, about the resources. So we have a, an email address that you can send any kind of questions or comments to. So next week, we're going to start a listener mail section. And... What we want to hear is any questions you have from the podcast or from the gospel that are still lingering throughout the week, any comments you have that you would like to add to the conversation, or just any stories from the conversations you've had with your family, with your friends at home or around during the week uh, after using some of the resources. So you can send uh, questions or comments or stories to faith to go. F-A-I-T-H-T-O-G-O at stpaulcathedral.org. So you can send any you can send an email to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org or you can go on the Faith to Go website, mm-hmm. myfaithtogo.org, and write in the chat section, which is down on the bottom right hand corner, your question, and we'll get it that way too. And like every week, uh, the gospel is the source of all of our Faith to Go resources, which you can find at myfaithtogo.org, where you can also sign up for our weekly email, and you'll get all those resources on Sundays sent to your inbox. And so Maya is going to read the gospel for today. It's from Mark chapter 7, and then we're going to highlight three things from the gospel and wrap it up. So Maya is going to read Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, 14 through 15, And 21 to 23. Yeah. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands. That is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And they're... And there are many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you, about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold on to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. 
for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, facetiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things, all these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. All right, so uh, we're back in the Gospel of Mark for the first time in a while. This is Mark's lectionary cycle year, year B, um, but... You know, John pops up every once in a while throughout all of the years. So we just had a long string of John, but now we're back in Mark and some concrete Jesus teaching and storytelling. Um, Mark chapter 7 is right smack in the middle of the gospel of Mark. And as you remember, Mark is the first gospel written, and it is the quickest paced gospel and the shortest gospel. So it's, it's really kind of getting everyone the very important information that they need because it's very important that everybody knows the story and gets to the story uh, because, you know, Jesus' return in the year you know, 60 CE was imminent still. So um, the author of Mark's gospel is very short and concise and to the point and making sure everybody has just the most important information uh, concisely and quickly. And so we have this uh, teaching here of Jesus about the law and and the traditions of the Jewish culture that he was in. And another time, among many other times in, in all of the Gospels, where Jesus is doing some pushback against these kind of accepted traditions that the Pharisees and the different sects of Judaism uh, were engaging in and making people engage in. So, I think Maya has the first point. Yeah, so um, something that was really striking to me was when he says in verse 7, in vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines, and then he says, you abandon the commandment of God and hold on to human tradition. So I think uh, this contrast speaks a lot to our our modern lives, our daily lives, because he is making like a really strong contrast between, you know, the traditions of the elders and then the laws of God. And I think it's an argument against maybe worshiping personal piety and personal cleanliness. And my relationship with God God can be done or, like, is perfected through all these outward ritual things like washing my hands and, you know, wearing my hair a certain way and wearing these certain garments. Um he's kind of rebuking that and saying you you're doing that over building relationships with people and following God's law which would be loving your neighbor and loving God but he's saying like you're you're kind of denouncing these people for not washing their hands and not loving them as a result of that and then because of the legality of it because of the the rules and the traditions and you're holding those traditions in greater value than these people that you're about to share a meal with um, and, and he warns against that because I think, um, in regards to any sort of rules, like, you know, normal table manners, um, like washing your hands, but also all the way up to like federal law or personal, like kind of expectations we think that the church has on us, um, how we should act in church, how we should act as Christians, like all these rules, um, they can be really restricting and restricting in the sense of I'm not doing what I want to do, but 
we're kind of cutting off the Holy Spirit from that circulation, from relating with people because of these laws or these manners. Because Jesus broke a lot of, not laws per se, I mean, he did that as well, but he was really unconventional. And, you know, I sometimes think of if I was, you know, not a Pharisee per se, but like a person living in Jesus's time, how would I think of him? Mm-hmm. Um, because now I'm like, wow, that's really cool in like the modern age, and I love Jesus. But would I feel that same kind of, not after hearing him speak uh, in his teachings, but kind of think, what would my first impression of Jesus mm-hmm. be? Would I judge him? Mm-hmm. And would that inhibit my rea- my ability to love him and have the relationship I have with him now? Mm-hmm. Um, and how that would be limiting. And so, and in the modern day, it's like in our baptismal covenant it says to seek christ in all persons so how is my initial judgments about this person preventing me from really loving them like yeah just kind of like how is that restricting my ability to do what i'm called to do which is love my neighbor and love god yeah jesus isn't jesus isn't just someone that's walking around tearing down tradition for the sake of doing it he's not just an iconoclast just destroying things for the sake of destroying them. Right. He has a purpose, and his purpose is always to bring people back to the original intention of things. And he's not saying that, that, like, rituals and traditions are evil or bad in and of themselves, but that when we lose sight of their original intention uh, or when they just become kind of graven images, like... They are kind of idolatrous in a way that we replace God and our relationship with God and other people with our relationship with these rituals and our own purity, kind of. And so it's not so much that washing hands is bad or that having, like, ritual cleaning of things is bad, but it should be a spiritual practice and not just a practice of personal piety, you know? And there's a difference, is that, like, one leads us to greater humility and depth and create space for God to move in us by being silent and quiet. And the other one is more just reinforcing our own ego uh, projects right. of salvation that is really kind of shutting out other people. Right. And or just I like, can't experience God before I do this. It's like a checklist. Right. Yeah, and, and, that's then, true. and then it builds a wall between us and the people that don't have that same exact piety as we do. Mm-hmm. And then we just, we, we just stick around with people that are exactly like us and judge the people that aren't. And then, and that's where kind of, that's kind of where things were as far as this, as, lo- as far as we know from the story and the, d- and the details of the story that Mark, the author of Mark describing is Jesus is pushing back against this kind of separation between people based on these traditions that are being done for the sake of themselves and not for the sake of relationship with God and with ourselves and with other people and for the sake of our building up of our spiritual lives. Exactly. And... And I think the judging thing is, that's a good transition to Jackie's point because um, we want to highlight for Jackie, as point number two, is this part where he says, Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. And from this part that isn't in the reading, because you heard that the reading was chapter 7, 
verses 1 through 8, and then 14 to 15, Gosh. and then 21 to 23. And this is something that happens sometimes in the lectionary, is that for the sake of simplifying the story and making it more coherent and cutting out some of the more confusing parts, the lectionary will do this chopping up and editing of the, yeah. <laughs> the gospel. Yeah. So it's actually, if you read Mark 7, 1 through 23, you'd have, there's some other words from Jesus kind of elaborating on what he's saying, but you're not actually technically missing the, the main point of it. Right. But one of the things that gets cut out is this part where he turns to the disciples. Uh, this is verse 17. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about the parable. He said to them, Then do you also fail to understand? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart but the stomach and goes out into the sewer? And then parenthetically it says, Thus he declared all foods clean. And he said, it is what comes out of a person that defiles. For it is from within, from the heart, that evil intentions come. And so this is, to me, kind of a pointer, kind of a uh, critique of our quick reaction to judge people. Um, In that same way we were just talking about, uh, well, they don't do the same things that I do, or they don't believe the same things that I believe. Or just this general thought that I can judge, I can, I can have some sort of external set of rules that I can lay on another person's life and judge, them, judge their life for it and say that it is either good or bad, that they are either good or evil. And I, th- I think what I get from this is I can't judge somebody from outside. I can, all I can do is listen to their testimony of their own experience and be in relationship with them and it's the difference between and like and so this like list of things are all things that are really painful and so it's not so much oh you're a person that is a thief so you must be evil and i'm judging you for that well it's not so much that as like when someone can share with me their experience of having to steal something, right. that like brings us into deeper relationship and changes me and gives us a chance to, to grow together instead of me saying, oh, you're a thief, you're evil. Right. Um, because, yes, yeah, stealing hurts people. It hurts the person that steals. It hurts the person that gets stolen from. Mm-hmm. But it's not so much that... It's not so much that we're making morality relative, but we're making truth relational so yeah. that the truth of someone's experience can... I can only know the truth of someone else in relationship to them, not by not by judging them by an external set of laws. Right, and like making thief like a name versus you are, you know, a person that mm-hmm. stole from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know your story to know why you did it. Right. And it's not even that you might have a good excuse, but we have very different lives. And it's possible that I, if I was in the exact same set of circumstances you were in your life, I'd be doing the same thing. Right. So can I judge you for that? Right. And your story doesn't make my pain go away, but what it does is it just opens a door for like them to understand how that affected me. And it's just really restorative. And, you know, it doesn't cut things off of you're a thief, you're evil. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it allows you know, relationships to be built on. And I think 
Jesus speaks very strongly about anything that cuts a relation off entire yeah. like a relationship mm-hmm. off entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a that leads into the point that I wanted to make, which is that last couple of verses, this laundry list of evil intentions, uh, evil things, what we would like to call a nice list of sins yeah. that we can judge people for. And I just want to pull, take it apart a little bit because it's got a lot of nice uh, Christian buzzwords yeah. that we like to throw around and clobber people over the head with sometimes. Right, um, Yeah. For it is from within, from the heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. And so, the thing that I, I just, I wanted, I want to go back to the Greek for a couple things here, because uh, this word evil is, um, the, the buzzwords to me are fornication, amongst these other terms right. fornication which we which which people which some people often use as just kind of whatever sexual thing they want to judge somebody for right whether yeah. that's their sexuality their gender identity what they're doing like their that. their own sexual practices and behaviors mm-hmm. it's like this kind of blank slate that people throw their own projection right. of their oh, sexual yeah, that, discomfort like onto right for any sexual discomfort yeah right and and it's so kind of general and amorphous that it lends itself to to that to really have having hurt i think a lot of people have been hurt by this term because it's also the term that paul uses a lot and is is a way that that we can just like paint a whole bunch of sexual realities for people as sins as evil as evil like exactly. you are evil right yeah and so that word evil also is something that we kind of make into this dichotomy of there's the good and there's the evil. But really it has more of a connotation in the Greek of something that is really painful. You know, and if we talk about it as painful, if we think about that shading of the of evil as what is painful, then that brings it to the level of experience. Mm-hmm. Because I can't decide for you what's painful. You can only share with me what is painful for you. Right. You know, it, it, you can only know what is painful in relationship to another person. And then this word defile is koinoi. So the word defile in in Greek is koinoi, and the word for common is koine. Like the the language that the Bible was written in was koine Greek, which means like the Greek of the common people. And so koinoi, defile, is actually like to make something common, to commonize something, to make something that is sacred common. And what is more sacred than relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Or what is more sacred than sex? And so this, this word fornication it is kind of, you could loosely translate it as like immoral sexual activity. It's the, the word is porneia, which is where we get pornography mm-hmm. from. But it's more about, it's more about like, um, like uneven power dynamics in sexual relationships. And like you know? abusing that power dynamic. Right. It's, yeah. about, it's more about like abuse of power and a, a power differential. And like trust. And tr- yeah, so like cons- any kind of like consensual sexual behavior c- cannot go in the category of this fornication thing that Jesus right. is talking about. 
And it doesn't matter what you like to believe about human sexuality or not. That's just what the word means. And so what we have here is a list, and fornication being a great one because it's like this buzzword. But when you think about it, it's really about relationship. What Jesus is talking about is doing things that cut off relationship. So it's like a commonizing of these sacred sacred parts of relationship with one another. So if if it's fornication, then it's like through through some sort of sexual sexual behavior, you know, hurting relationship. And if it's theft, it's through like losing trust. Mm-hmm. You know, murder is the ending of a relationship yeah. in the most ultimate way. Yeah, the, Adultery yeah. is a, is another way of hurting relationship. Avarice is like greed. That's like hoarding yourself and not being in a relationship. So all these things, they're all they 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 look like just a list that I can go out and judge people for doing. But really it's about the experiential part of relating that Jesus is trying to safeguard and saying that these are painful things that we do in relationship and all of them come from inside out. And so it's not so much that you can take a law and slap it on someone and judge them for it, but that all of the painful things come from inside out, that it's all experiential in terms of what is painful, what is quote-unquote evil. And again, what we're not describing is, oh, well, you know, like evil is relative or truth is relative. It's more like people's truths are relational, that you can only know what is painful, you can only know what has been hurt in a relationship in actual relationship, like right. in relating with I can't with know your truth. Yeah. It, yeah, unless you tell me. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So those are our three things. Um, first was Maya's discussion about uh, the difference between personal piety and relationship with God, and that Jesus is trying to bring us back to that original intention of relating with God being the, the most important thing, and then relating with one another. Um, the second thing was about the importance of not trying to judge somebody from the outside for their behavior, but to have a relationship with them in order to understand what is going on, that we can't judge from outside, but we can only learn someone's truth from relationship. And the third thing is this highlighting that Jesus is doing of the list of of what are quote-unquote evil behaviors or painful behaviors are really the things that we can do that get in the way of relationship and all of these things come from inside out of us and are not the, th- that, those are the things that make common the sacredness of relationship and of us. So uh, after hearing that discussion, Maya is going to read the text one more time and just listen and see if you hear anything new the second time that we read it. Now when the Pharisees When the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews did not eat unless they thoroughly washed their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And And there are many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, 
teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but, thing, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. All right, that's our episode for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back in your podcast next week. Uh, make sure to go to myfaithtogo.org to check out all of this week's resources. You can follow us on Instagram at faithtogo. Also, make sure to go and rate and review this podcast to help people find it that might be interested in listening to it also. Tell your friends about it, too. That's a great way to get people to listen to it mm-hmm. that might be interested. And make sure you uh, send us your questions or comments or stories from the week to faithtogo at stpaulcathedral.org, and we'll read those questions and answer them or read your comments and stories next week at the beginning of the podcast. So I'm make excited. sure to tune in yeah. for that. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. And until next time, say goodbye. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.